The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Aaron, the great Luther Ingram once said, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. And I'm here to tell you if calling Georgia blowouts is wrong, I don't want to be right. It is the Week 9 Roundup. You are listening to the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined by Aaron Murray, who just landed from a long weekend out on the West Coast calling the Air Force Colorado State game. And Aaron, I had no idea that we would have this much to talk about. On a Sunday afternoon, Georgia blows out Florida this past weekend by a score of 42-3. to Tennessee loses another nail-biter, this time to Kentucky. In Lexington, a lot of action inside the top five. Let's dive right into it. First off, though, I want to hear about your weekend calling Coach Bobo's game. I think the Rams lost one that they weren't supposed to in Fort Collins. Yeah, it was a tough one for Coach Bobo, but it was great seeing him. I got in to Fort Collins probably about sometime Thursday late afternoon and actually I think to his house he has a beautiful house up there in Fort Collins and sweet and it's actually really a sweet town it reminds me like a kind of an Athens feel smaller downtown great shops great restaurants retail all that kind of stuff so really cool area it was beautiful weather actually just as I was landing and, and getting going it started to to snow a little bit little flurries coming down so it was pretty cool to see uh, but just a beautiful weekend it was great to see him great to see his wife Laney the kids have just grown up so much uh, these past four years. So I got to see those guys, which was awesome and catch up and obviously not the best game for them. Air force on offense has just been really tough. I think the previous week I covered air force as well. And they, they had 40 minutes of possession, the triple option. Then once again, this Damn. week for Colorado state, they had about 40 minutes of possession as well. So it's just tough to cover the triple option. Uh, it's just a lot of options and, and air forces quarterback Arion Worthman has just looked awesome. So it was still fun to cover them. It's a beautiful brand new stadium there at Colorado state. Uh, so I got to see that. And uh, like I said, great to see coach Bobo and, and for you moving back to Atlanta, man, how's it feel to be back in Georgia? I'm back, dude. It was a long week. Uh, my wife, Jackie and I got back early Friday morning, moving trucks are rolling in this week. We just picked up our cars today. So we are officially Georgians once again. So we're glad to be here. And I got welcomed with a nice Georgia victory, we just hung out at the house and watched uh, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, and it was a, an outcome that I expected. A few others were a bit more skeptical, but man, this Georgia football team looks like the real deal, and I said it in the open, Aaron. We have so much to talk about because news just breaking that Jim McElwain has been fired as the head coach of Florida. Butch Jones still is the head coach at Tennessee. Now people are honestly talking about who's going to be the number one ranked team Tuesday evening when those first college football playoff rankings are released. It was a wild weekend of football, one where, again, we have the same problem, and that's where all the good games are on at the same exact time. I still do not understand why that happens, but that Georgia-Florida game was on at 3.30. That NC State-Notre Dame game was on at 3.30. Penn State-Ohio State on at 3.30, and we cannot leave out that Air Force-Colorado State game. That was on 
at 3 p.m. So you were busy throughout Sunday after Saturday afternoon, excuse me. But man, we we do we need to dive right into it. Let's just talk about this Georgia Florida game. I, I told everybody when they when we had David Pollock on last week that it would be a blowout. I said a 40 burger was in play, and the reason I said that, Aaron, is obviously. I've been riding Georgia pretty hard all season long. Some may call me biased. Some may say I'm a homer. But the good thing for me is up to this point, they've backed it up. And, and I just see that. But but most importantly for this weekend, Florida is just such a bad football team. And I loved every second of it as a Georgia alumni. Yeah, it was. it's pretty bad football by Florida. Uh, but you can't take it away from Georgia. You, you've said it all year. And, and I agree. This team just looks really good from top to bottom, offense, defense. Uh, and we said it going into the game. I felt they're they going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. I thought Florida would do a better job in the box, stacking it with eight guys, making uh, making our QB go outside one-on-one. Jake Fromm had to you know do his thing on the outside. He looked good. He passed the ball a couple times. He had the one bad mistake, uh, the interception that looked kind of crazy, just miscommunication between him and the back. But I think he threw the ball under 10 times once again. Um, at some point this year, they're gonna have. To, I keep saying they're gonna have to throw the football. I don't know when it is. I thought this was the week that he's gonna have to throw the ball 25, 30 times for them to to win the football game. Obviously, I was wrong, and Florida's defense was not as good as I was anticipating. But um, they look good, man. That run game so strong. That offensive line, you just can't say enough about those guys. How well they've been playing. Yeah, I mean, how could you predict that Georgia would only have to throw the ball seven times? I mean, Jake Fromm was four. For seven, It was the third time in 20 years that Georgia has won a football game and completed five or fewer passes. You simply cannot, you know, go into the game and say, hey, Georgia's going to win this game and only complete four passes. If I would have told you that, you probably would have said Florida's going to win the football game. But Georgia just continues to prove teams wrong week in and week out. They're so deep at the running back position. The offensive line has honestly been one of the most improved units in all of college football through eight weeks of the 2017 season. And then just to add to the madness that is the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, some weird rumors start swirling early Saturday morning about the status of Florida head coach Jim McElwain. He got into a little bit of trouble earlier in the week when he was talking about death threats and how Florida's been performing this season, and it comes out that those death threat statements were unsubstantiated. And when you bring up something serious like that, the administration and the athletic department have to look into it. So they bring him into a meeting, and they say, hey, what to deal with this we need some proof and he goes well it was a long time ago and I'll just leave it at that well that gives them the right to look into firing him with cause no buyout the news comes out this afternoon that Jim McElwain has in fact been let go as the head coach of Florida now Aaron let me just throw out a few statistics to you about Jim McElwain's short tenure at Florida he was the 2015 SEC coach of the year he was 14-2 and two against the SEC East, and he won two East Division titles. He was the only coach at Florida to win two titles in his first two years. Thank you so much. Have fun, sir. No longer the coach at Florida. Now, I mean, we can just dive into a whole bunch of talk and, and my favorite conspiracy theory type um, talking points. But, dude, Butch Jones is still the head coach at Tennessee. Where is Florida going to go? It's madness in the SEC East right now, and I love it because Georgia's just sitting on top. Yeah, we're sitting on top right now in a great position. We've got a great head coach. we had got a great football team. We're recruiting extremely well. Now you look at Florida. We talked about it 
in previous weeks how Tennessee's recruiting class is now going to be turned on its head. And now you look at Florida's recruiting class, and a lot of those kids are going to start jumping ship. One, they don't look good. They don't look good on offense. They look awful on defense this past week, and now your head coach is gone. So I'm looking, all these recruits are just, what's the status of this Florida team? One, who are they going to hire as a head coach? Two, how long is it going to take to rebuild this program? So now you're getting the Georgias of the world. They're going to dive into Florida, go dive into Central Florida, South Florida, and start picking these kids up that were for, that were Florida commits. So it's just looking better and better for the dogs in Athens right now. But it's going to be interesting to see who they're going to go out there and get. Uh, we were texting this afternoon uh, when I was on my flight back to Atlanta, and you brought up the name Lane Kiffin, which I thought was pretty funny. But that guy's name just always seems that somehow seems to stick around, I know. especially when big jobs come up. I just have no clue where they're going to go when it comes from a head coaching perspective. You know, do they look at a coordinator in the NFL? Do they go to Scott Frost at Central Florida? I mean, do they shoot John Gruden a phone call? I just have absolutely no idea, but they must have somebody in their back pocket for the administration to make a decision this quickly. I saw one name was Mike Norville. He's the head coach at Memphis. He is supposedly a leading candidate, but we will certainly be looking after this storyline throughout the week, throughout the coming weeks, and check back on Thursday to see what we have to say and what has come of this news when we give out our Week 10 preview. So, just to recap real quick, the first game, number three ranked Georgia wins 42-7. to They were a 14-point favorite. I picked that one correctly. Aaron, um, I think everybody's happy that you picked Georgia not to cover because they covered convincingly. So you are just doing what everybody wants you to do. Good on you, it, sir. It gets working right now. <laughs> there you go. Like Let's I sent out, going. I sent out Saturday night. I picked them to lose versus Mississippi State, and they end up kicking butt. I pick them not to cover versus Florida. They end up kicking butt. And I had some lady tweet at me. I can't believe you'd pick them to lose again. I'm no, like, listen, <laughs> I didn't pick them to lose. I just picked them not to cover the spread. Thank Completely you. different, you know, lady. Go to Vegas a couple times. Maybe Very you'll true. see what, what you know what the wording is. Uh, but I, I've learned my lesson. I won't be picking against the dogs anytime <laughs> in your future. Absolutely. Tebow picked against the Gators, though. I know. I wonder how much hate he got. Well, you, you know? know, Florida's no good this year, so he probably got a one-time pass. But I understand a lot of people still getting after you on social media. You can holler at Aaron, at Aaron Murray 11 I'm at Drew Butler 13 and our punt and pass is at punt and pass on Twitter and Instagram, punt and pass at gmail.com. We had a really good week last week, too. David Pollock joined us. We jumped back into the top 50 on iTunes charts, so that was really, really cool. And we just keep getting better every single week. We got another awesome guest coming in later on this week to the podcast. Keep checking on our social media accounts because we'll announce that later on this week. Okay, the next game. I was watching it with keen eyes because Tennessee traveled to Kentucky. Historically, Tennessee very good in this series. Kentucky obviously a favorite, a five-point favorite, and Tennessee had every chance to win. They honestly have the worst red zone offense I can remember seeing at any point. And the cool thing about this game, if you were watching it, was if Kentucky lost, Georgia could have beaten South Carolina this upcoming weekend and clinched the SEC East. Tennessee had every opportunity to do so, missed a field goal late, was not able to capitalize on Hail Mary at the end of the game. Kentucky wins 29-26, to but Tennessee did in fact cover. And who picked that game? Your boy, D.B., let me hear it, Aaron. Talk to me about this game. I can't believe Butch Jones is still the coach. I mean, when is it going to happen? First off, I like I like how you start the program off 
with the two games that you won this week covering the spread. <laughs> well, you know, you know when we, you're the, the producer, for the fans out there, <laughs> Drew produces it. So obviously he puts his wins first and then yes. I'm sure he's going to sneak, sneak the rest of them by. So Absolutely. No knows, but. We'll go super quick on my three losses. <laughs> but no, looking at Butch, maybe Tennessee looking at Florida and what they've done with their head coach, maybe gives them some confidence to kind of go out there and just put a knife in it and just end it right now because yeah. it's just a slow and painful death for Butch, for this team, for the fan base, for the state. It's just it just gets uglier and uglier every week. And like you said, they had a chance to win this game. They're up, uh, and then Kentucky drove down the field those last seconds. Uh, Stephen Johnson did a great job. Didn't have a great game, but had a great last series. Put them in a position to go out there and score a touchdown. Uh, and Tennessee, though, the red zone offense. I, I I'm just happy. At least I saw them score. Finally yes. scored a touchdown. It took Ty Chandler, the running back, who had a pretty good game, 120 yards rushing two touchdowns uh, and that's rare. I, I know when they got in the end zone, I'm sure they're a little like, Oh my goodness, this is, this is almost like foreign territory for us. Uh, but once again, they couldn't close it out and, and I'm happy Kentucky six and two. I'm just going to make the win when Georgia fit, plays them look even better and also helps the sec right now. It's been a really rough year. You look around the country, SEC's down, the ACC's down. So we need some teams to start winning and having better records if we want to look better. Yeah, there's no question. The SEC is extremely top-heavy right now with Georgia and Alabama sitting at 1-2 and two in both the AP and the Amway coaches poll that came out earlier Sunday afternoon. There are five teams in the top 25. Bama and Georgia are 1-2 and two in both polls, respectively. Auburn is at 15 or 16. LSU is at 19 or 20. And Mississippi State is at 21 or 22, and those are the AP and the Amway coaches poll, respectively. But you just said it, Aaron. SEC, not as good as it has been in years past. It is certainly top-heavy. And last week, we talked with David Pollack at length about what's going to happen Tuesday evening, and that is the first college football playoff polls that are coming out. And the funny thing is, and I don't know if it's funny, if it's interesting, or if it's just a fun talking point, but there is a legitimate argument for Georgia to be ranked ahead of Alabama. And it's funny because, one, it doesn't matter at this point. It's interesting because, two, it will matter when it becomes the first weekend of December and Georgia and Alabama are going to play. But when you look at a signature win, Georgia against Notre Dame on the road, boom. When you look at conference opponents, Georgia has wiped out every SEC team it's played. Alabama struggled with A&M. And then strength of schedule moving forward, Georgia does have a tougher schedule their only out of conference game left is Georgia Tech and Alabama plays Mercer. Yeah, you want to look at it, it doesn't matter. Honestly, if, if yeah. both teams are 12 well and 0, they're going to be playing an SEC championship game in a neutral site in Atlanta, probably more heavily favored. There'll be more Georgia fans there than Alabama fans, but the only difference it's going to make is who's going to get to wear their home jersey and who's going to get to wear their away jersey. Sure. And right now Georgia looks good wearing those those white jerseys, so I don't care if they're away or if they're home. So it doesn't really matter. Let those teams continue to battle for the number one seed. As long as they're undefeated going through the rest of the season, they face each other in the SEC championship game. And the way things are shaking right now throughout the country, there's going to be a lot of conferences with with a winner that's going to have one loss or a winner of a conference is going to have two losses. Exactly. So that only helps Georgia or Alabama. Whoever does lose the SEC championship game, it does help that team still have a chance to get into the playoffs. Uh, the, but the big X factor right now is going to be Notre Dame. Yeah. Those guys, once again, with another big big win, we'll talk about it, versus NC State this week, a number 14 team in the country, went there and beat them really good, a game that I called and won. I was going to skip this game just, because just, I just picked NC State. 
I was going to skip this game. I know you were. <laughs> but Notre Dame's the big X factor right now because yes. they we talked about last week with Pollock and he doesn't believe it, but I I I think it could happen. I think a one-loss Notre Dame team can jump the SEC loser, even if the SEC loser only has that one loss in the SEC championship game. I, I just am, think it, they've, they have a great strength of schedule. People want to see Notre Dame in the top four. At yes. the end of the day, people want to see it. Yes, I am in 100% agreement with you on that statement. If Notre Dame finishes the season with one loss, they will jump ahead of a one-loss SEC team. That is the X factor moving forward throughout these next six weeks of the college football playoff rankings. I do not believe the Pac-12 will have a team in the Final Four. I don't think the Big 12 will have a team in the top four either with TCU going down this week. I'm sorry, Georgia fans, but let me and Aaron tell you this right now. If Georgia loses in six overtimes to Alabama in the SEC championship and Notre Dame has one loss at the end of the season, Georgia will be ranked number five. They will not be in the top four. That's called politics. That's called life is not fair. That's called deal with it. You should have won the big game. Well, you look at the Big Ten Conference, so this is going to get interesting. Say you have a one-loss Ohio State or a one-loss Wisconsin. Do you put a one-loss Big Ten champ over, say, we're just going to throw it out there that Georgia loses the SEC championship game? Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say they are. Of course, of course. Hypothetical. Which, whatever. Hypothetically, you have a one-loss Georgia team. They don't win the SEC, but then you have a one-loss, say, Ohio State, but they won their conference. They're not a better team, I don't think, but I they know. won their conference. It's just it gets really sticky. I think that's why in, in years in the future years they'll look into it, maybe making it an eighteen playoff, just because it, it really gets really confusing when you have really good conference with two of the best teams in the country that someone has to win the conference yep. and then the loser who still deserves to be in the playoffs doesn't get in just because there's only four teams. No, you're totally right. You know what? Life is unfair sometimes. Win the game you need to, and that's the beauty of this new Kirby Smart regime at Georgia. He's telling these guys, do not listen to the outside noise. Take it week to week. Who cares about the rankings until we actually have to worry about them, and that is certainly not right now. But, Aaron, you called that game extremely well. I did not see Notre Dame winning by that large of a margin. They had a special teams blocked punt for a touchdown. Winbush continues to roll. NC State was a no-show up in South Bend. Notre Dame one thirty-five to fourteen. Another game you were correct in. Mississippi State travels to College Station. They beat Texas A&M thirty-five to fourteen. This game closed. It was close to a pick'em. Mississippi State was a one-point favorite. I thought Kevin Sumlin's Texas A&M Aggies would at least keep something going. But geez, they got blown out thirty-five to fourteen. Aaron, you were right. Nick Fitzgerald, your boy, had a great game, and uh, I had my second L of the weekend we both finished two and three against the spread this past week talk to me what'd you see in mississippi state we need it real quick because we got more games to go and uh, we could you and i could talk for two hours about all this it was a yeah, fun weekend we could just crush it, it was, it's a great weekend if you're a college football fan with all the upsets going on all the close games it was a special time to just sit down on your couch drink a beer and watch football no doubt but like you said nick fitzgerald awesome game 141 yards passing, two touchdowns, another 105 yards on the ground, and one touchdown. And I, like I said, Kellen Mond, the quarterback for Texas A&M, freshman, has looked good for the majority of the year. I said he was going to have a couple inter- couple picks. It. You called I it. called it. End up 8 of 26, 56 yards, and two INTs. Mm. He's just a young QB, still getting his feet underneath him. Uh, like I said, he still has looked good this year. I just think Mississippi State team 
Stills have a good defense. Nick Fitzgerald, big fan, and I'm happy they're back in the top 25. Like I said, it only helps the SEC look better. That team's up and rolling again. Um, but it was, it was a fun weekend. Like, like I said, that was a fun game right yeah. there and another win for the good guy. And I'm talking about myself. Yes, that is yourself. But another guy that you do like as well, and this just popped into my head, Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen's name will come up in Florida circles. And you know what? Honestly, Aaron, that's not one that I would be afraid of if he does take the job in Gainesville ones that I would be afraid of Chip Kelly, um, you know, if Steve Spurrier came back to Florida, I'd be afraid of that one. I don't think that would happen. But I do believe Dan Mullen's name will get thrown into the ring for the new head coach vacancy at the University of Florida. It would make a lot of sense. I know Gainesville compared to Starkville is not the most biggest upgrade, but it would certainly be nice to get out of Stark Vegas for him and his family and go back to where it all started at Florida. Yeah, yeah, and there's so much talent with his kind of offense. You talk about the spread offense, a lot of jet sweeps, a lot of vertical passes. You need speed, and there's nowhere else in the country that you can get better speed in the recruiting game than in Florida. You just go back to the success he had as an offensive coordinator there, his type of offense, what he can do in the recruiting game. It, it makes sense to me. Uh, I know he's trying to build something at Mississippi State, uh, but at some point you're just banging your head against the wall because you're yeah. not you're not going to get the top talent there. At the end of the day, kids don't want to go to Starkville. I'm sorry. I don't care what, how good of a coach you are. If you want to be able to compete year in and year out for championships, you got to go to a bigger school with a bigger name, uh, more tradition and a place you can get better, better guys in the recruiting game. Yeah. And when that unique opportunity comes up, you would have to think that not only is he thinking about it, but his wife's telling him, his agent's telling him, I mean, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for Dan Mullen. I think that's an interesting name to watch. All right, let's get outside the SEC. We have three more games that we need to touch on quickly. Number four, TCU traveled to number 25, Iowa State. Ames, Iowa. Never been to Ames. Don't want to go. TCU is a six and a half point favorite. They were ranked in the top four. They laid an egg. Iowa State scored 14 points. TCU only seven. Once again, more turnover inside that top four and it looks like the big 12 is in trouble to get that college football playoff team yeah there's no chance they're going to get a college playoff team they need a lot of love a lot of help but talk about iowa state they went in and beat oklahoma yeah 38 31 number three number three number three in the country then they go play tcu and they beat them the number four team in the country 14 to 7 so i'm telling you what iowa state is just the upset Yeah. yeah upset central team Got to be on the lookout if you're in the big, uh, the Big Twelve. But like you said, this conference, you might as well put a fork in it. No one's going to make the playoffs for them. They they just don't have enough talent. TCU is the only shining star, just because you look at Oklahoma, and yeah, they had a big win this weekend, but they just have no defense. Yeah, I love Baker Makefield. I think Baker after this after this past weekend may be the number one guy in the Heisman Heisman contention race, but they have no defense. He can't go out there and play defense. I don't see them stopping anyone. Uh, and they have a chance to lose as well. So Big 12, like I said it, you're not making the playoffs this year. No, you're not. And, uh, you know, Matt Campbell, head coach at Iowa State, he has turned that program around. He will be one of the hotter names when those head coaching vacancies continue to open up as the season rolls on. The next game we're going to jump into was another one inside the Big 12. Number 11 ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys traveled to Morgantown, West Virginia to play the number 22 ranked West Virginia Mountaineers. Aaron, 
We said take the over. Oklahoma State scored 50. West Virginia, 39. Easy cover. And Oklahoma State covered as well. That's seven and a half points. Same old Big 12, brother. No defense. High-powered offense. You just said it. Stick a fork in them. Let's move on. It's fun football to watch, but it's just not going to contend for a national championship. Yeah, a lot of offense, and and I think I should I deserve a win for the week by covering the over. You do for points. Great there call. we go. Th- throw me a Lock bone. Of the week. Lock of the week. But lots of offense, man. Mason Rudolph, quarterback for Oklahoma State, 216 yards, three touchdowns. Will Greer, probably not his best game this season. A lot of yards, 285, two touchdowns, but four interceptions. He's done a great job protecting the ball all season. Today or this past Saturday was not his best. I think it's just tough when you're when you're playing a high power offense like Oklahoma State. When you do get on offense, you have to throw the ball a lot. You got to do a lot and try to make plays when maybe they're not there. Uh, that's why I, I credit the four interceptions too. But it was a fun game to watch. If you love offense and you love throwing the football, it was fun for me to watch that game and see those guys flinging it around. Uh, big fan of both of those quarterbacks. But like you said, it the Big 12, just they're not known for defenses. Uh, they, there is none. It's just let's spread them out. Let's see who could score more points. Yeah, there's no doubt. It, it's just it's hard to watch every single week. Next week, there's another big game, Oklahoma heading to Oklahoma State, I believe, or it may be vice versa. But it is Bedlam next weekend. That one could really decide what happens later on this season with the Big 12 and the college football playoff. But, of course, our last game we're going to cover, we had to bury the lead. Number two, Penn State loses to Ohio State. 38 to 39 it was an absolute wild fourth quarter i picked ohio state to cover they didn't cover but they did win and guess what georgia bulldogs number two in the nation right now yeah i i gave him a little flack last week jt barrett quarterback for ohio state i questioned can he win the big game it was crazy can he he, the kid went six incompletions four touchdowns and an unbelievable drive to finish the game off. Plus, he almost had 100 yards rushing, ended up with 95 yards for the day. Probably the game of his life. Yes. And the biggest, one of the biggest games of his life. Now they're going to be top four team. They're I heard he listened good. to the punt and pass podcast last week, yeah. and he was like, you know what? I have to prove Aaron Murray wrong and Drew Butler. I love that guy. He's I tell right. you what, I think everyone should be rooting for me to be against him because anytime <laughs> I root against Mr. Mush, him, I love they it. have a great You're game. Totally so maybe right. they are listening, and they're like, screw that kid. We're going to go out here and ball out. I agree. Uh, because he did. But Penn State on the other side, they did a great job. And there's an interesting fact uh, or a stat I saw today about Saquon Barkley um, versus our running backs at UGA. The stats per, per you know top 25 teams. And our guys are doing way better than he is. Oh, yeah. But it's just unbelievable. I mean, he, obviously, he's, he has the kickoff return. He, he's more special, I think, catching the ball in the backfield uh, than our top two guys. But his average running the ball this year against top teams has not been too good. This past game, only 2.1 yards per carry. Uh, that's not going to win you a Heisman, but his big, big kickoff return to start the game is definitely going to keep him in contention. Uh, he's still a special back, but Penn state for them, you never know what's going to happen. Ohio state may lose. They may be still fine for a chance to play in the big 10 championship. Uh, and then we talk about a one loss team that still wins the big 10 still has a chance to get into the, into the top four. So uh, a lot of season to go for Penn State. Still a good football team. It's tough to go into Ohio State and play and win those those type of ball games, but you got to do it. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it was an absolutely wild fourth quarter. Luckily, Georgia took care of business in quick fashion, so I could tune over and watch the last six minutes of the game. And I think JT Barrett was thirteen of thirteen in the fourth quarter, and uh, they got some help from Penn State as well. But I'll give you one statistic 
to rebuke your Saquon Barkley statistic, James Franklin, as a head coach, has never won a road game against an AP top 25 team. That is a fact, and it withheld last night. So Penn State out of the top four. And before we close up this week nine roundup, Aaron, we have to give our predictions of the college football playoff top four. I'll go first. You want me to go first? Yeah, crank it off. Let's go. Let's see what you got. I have to, you know, call me a homer. Call me biased. Say whatever you want, but I'm right. Call me Mr. Right. Number one, Tuesday evening. It's Halloween. It's spooky. Number one are the Georgia Bulldogs. The committee will look at the resume of the season. Georgia has a better resume than Alabama up to this point. And after next week when Alabama whoops up on LSU inside Baton Rouge, that may change. But through eight weeks, Georgia is your number one team in the nation. Number two, Alabama, for obvious reasons. Number three, I think they're going to put Notre Dame at number three, and number four will be Ohio State. So I'm going to go Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State. And, you know, three and four could be back and forth, but those are your four teams in the top four. All right, I'm going to go with mine right now. I'm going with Alabama at one. It's just until someone can beat them, you you can't take over the throne unless you beat them. So Alabama, just because of who they are, I don't think they've had the strength of schedule as Georgia, like you were saying, but they're still Alabama. Until you knock them off, they're going to be number one. Number two are the dogs. Uh, just look awesome right now. Number three, I'm going to Notre Dame. I just think their strength of schedule, how yep. well they've been playing. Their only loss is to Georgia, uh, who I think is obviously the number two team in the country. So I'm putting Notre Dame at three. At number four, I'm going Wisconsin. I'm putting wow. them ahead of, I'm putting okay. them ahead of Ohio State. No, their strength of schedule is not really there, but they're undefeated right now. They're going to get to the... They're going to get to the Big Ten championship game. The only game they have, tough game they have left is is Michigan. So they're going to roll through them, roll through the rest of their schedule. They'll be 12-0. and 0. Uh, It's just hard not to put an undefeated team at this point in the top four. But Ohio State or Penn State will have a chance to beat them in the championship game. All right. I love it. There it is. The top four teams in the nation, according to the College Football Playoff Committee. That is consisted of Aaron Murray. And myself, Aaron, I appreciate your time, brother. You are a hardworking man, landing, driving home, jumping on your computer, taping this podcast, committed to the game, the punt and pass game. Thanks for hanging on, brother. Yeah, man. And it's always nice. I'm actually, as we're doing this, Sharon's in the other room cooking me dinner. So it's always a positive. I got chili cooking right now. What do you eat? There we go. We got a little shrimp pasta going, I think. I might smells, come over. Yeah, it smells absolutely phenomenal. And I actually got a Thursday game this week, so I got to – Oh, baby. I don't even know if I unpack because I got to leave Tuesday morning for uh, – where am I going? Up to Detroit for Eastern Michigan. Ball State, Eastern Michigan. So Hashtag start, Sky Miles. It's going to – yeah, a lot of Sky Miles, <laughs> and I got to go buy a big old coat because I think it's going to be a little chilly up there. But like I said earlier, it was a fun week of football, man, a lot of great games. And I'm just happy I actually get to be – sitting at home hopefully this weekend actually getting to enjoy it so i'm hoping there's some good ones upcoming as well there you go good for you dude well i wanted to keep this episode at about 25 minutes but we just have too much damn fun here we could talk for two hours every single night i appreciate all of our listeners tuning in check back on thursday we have another great week of the punt and pass podcast coming up with a special guest we will be sure to let you know how to keep us in the top 50 on those itunes charts holler at aaron at aaron murray 11 i am at drew butler 13 and this is at 
punt and pass on Twitter and Instagram, punt and pass at gmail.com. And Aaron, for you and myself, we tell all of our listeners we will check back with you on Thursday. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll holler at you later on this week. See you.